Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still loves the FA Cup. Uh, now, if ever there was a potential banana skin for Chelsea, then this was it. Morecambe, maybe in the fourth division, but they are no mugs. Chelsea's recent form has been awful. A comedy display in keeping with Morecambe's most famous son, Eric, could well have been on the cards. In need of a confidence-boosting win, Frank Lampard took no chances and chose a sensibly strong team rather than packing it full of the next tranche of academy graduates. Predictably, breaking down a team with 10 men behind the ball was not easy and it needed patience. But Chelsea, with two goals in each half, did just what they needed to do. More than that, by picking the out-of-form Werner and Havertz, hopefully their confidence has returned with goals and assists. But most of all, it was good to see the smile return to Frank Lampard's face. Let's hope it stays there for a while. And tonight's show is called Bring Me Sunshine, oh, Chelsea so Fancast cool. number 782. So clever, Chidge, again, on a double level, because it's Eric Morecambe. Very good. Morecambe, and it's... And it's it's a sunshine possibility of the fact that we could this could be a bridge to performing even better in the next few games. Yeah. Clever. And to think What's this that? is all to think this is all free. Hey, there's, oh. there's no fries on JK, is there? He's as sharp the as great, a razor. No, the, the, the great the great thing. I finally, after about I don't know how many years you and I have been doing this, JK, but I finally figured out what his primary function on the show is. It's not to read out the emails. It's to translate my jokes for the younger viewers. <laughs> And all, 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 you know, amen to that. Uh, hello, mate. How are you, JK? You well? Great. Thanks very much. Great to be on the show with, with the uh, the supposed dream team, as was mentioned on Twitter. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I'm really, I, 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 I couldn't, I love you all equally, as you know, but uh, uh, who am I to argue with the Chelsea Fancast listeners? And as Jonathan has already indicated on the A team, the Dree team tonight, we have the wonderful Clayton Beerman. Good evening. How are, are you? Well, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm How very good. I'm very good, apart from having no back. But uh, yeah, back I shall soldier on. It's, well, look, I I, if you need to, on. I mean, is it one of those that's worse when you're sitting down or worse when you're standing up? Um, it's both, really. No, it's it's fine at the moment. I'm okay. I'm 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 all right. Uh, I will let you know. I'll start whimpering if it hurts. Well, do, do, if that, you have to, if you have to stand up in an um, impromptu fashion, don't don't. That won't worry me. I know. I'll know what it is. I will stand up if I hate Tottenham. Oh, when very the good. Starts, I'll, I'll be out my seat. I teed you up for that one. And uh, last, but mm. by no means least, the Right Reverend Tony Glover. <sighs> good evening, Chidge, Clayton, and J.K. A pleasure, a pleasure to be here as ever. Mm. Absolutely, I'm. I am, and I'm feeling very optimistic and upbeat tonight. Good. So I'm ready to tear into anybody who's deciding to have a little bit of a. Uh, a, a poppers. Well, for I'm, any reason. I'm, I'm, I am thoroughly looking forward to tonight. Not least because I get to spend it with you guys for an hour or two, which is always great fun. I, I'm, I, I'm sure, and hope that the listeners feel much the same. Now, on the show tonight, we discuss a much-needed confidence-restoring win. Was Frank selecting Werner and Havertz justified? I'd say so. And going forward, do Chelsea need to think about how their creative players seem to get congested with similar runs? I'm not talking about diarrhoea, by the way. I've just read that back and I thought, there's a pun and a half, isn't there? Anyway, in part two, we ask whether playing more of the youth was a red herring. Billy Gilmore impresses again, which is just as well with Kante suspended. 
Callum Hudson-Odoi puts in another good performance. Is he getting back to his best? And Mason Mount with his Lampard-esque goal never seems to run out of energy, but does he need a rest? And in part three, uh, we have a couple of emails to read out. Uh, And as ever, of course... Don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat uh, on the chat with kind of the chat page, chat feed, call it what you will. Loads and loads and loads of people in there, as always. Uh, Nobby Steelers, Albert II, Jilly's in here. Lovely to see Jilly. Andrew Self, Rob Coombe, Bert Stoltz, Kurt, the lovely Kurt, Arivaro, Daryl's in, Paul Burgess. Diana, lovely. Harry, Aussie, sign my broken leg. Jonathan Perez, your mate, Jonathan Perez, JK, he's in. Eric Morabito. It's it's so lovely to see the same familiar names week in, week out. It's why we do the show. It's that simple. Anyway, we'll be back in a second. Okay, uh, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, as you know, uh, and this is the Chelsea Fancast with J.K. Clayton and Tony Glover. Uh, now, first of all, um, it's very, I mean, actually, first of all, I, I was going to write this into the script, but uh, humility prevented me from doing so, J.K., but my goodness me, uh, not only did I get uh, the prediction of 4-0 spot on uh, with you lot on Friday night, I, I was on Talk Sport uh, on Saturday night talking to Adam Catman and would you believe it, Gabby Agbonlahor? Easy for me to say. And I, I stuck to my guns and said four nil there. So I got the score spot on, and we got most of the team spot on as well, didn't we, J.K.? I think there were a couple of moments where we hedged our bets, weren't there? Where we were slightly, uh, it could be or it might not be, but I think we were we were spot on with with um, uh, Zh Werner and uh, um, and um, uh, oh, who was the other one? Uh, uh, Adoy, weren't we? Um, but at the same time, uh, I think we possibly said Pulisic would come in, but he did. I mean, I know. I think it was the it was Tomori or Zuma. I think we said Zuma, but Tomori brings up a few. Um, um, the fact that he came on as a sub was slightly worrying. Uh, I know it's because Christensen's injured, but I think he's uh, he, apparently he's definitely going to be off on uh, on loan. So I'd still like to work out if anybody on Mixler knows. I really like to know the mystery of Tomori. I'm sure we all would. It's absolutely the story weird. of Tomori. Very clever, very uh, good. Yeah. Oh. But isn't that isn't that um, isn't there a kiddies TV series? Jack and Nori, you're thinking. Oh no no no, the story of tomorrow. You're thinking but... about the Womble, aren't you? Ah. No 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 no, it's much more, our... much more modern than that. I think the Balamori. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very good, exactly. Tony. Yes, yes. Very good. Oh, God. Well done. Um, what's the story, Balamori? Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, but it was we we um we we prophesied there wouldn't be a great mixture of youth. We did we did hint at the possibility of um. Um, uh, of of the other uh, uh, um, Timo coming on Anjurin, but because um, there were three Timos, but there weren't three. Were there three Timos in the team at the same time? No, there weren't. I don't Timo, think. we've only got three Timos. Timos. There's only but, three um, Timos. That's better, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I thought uh, um, once again he had the same problem when he oh well, 
quickly talk about this. I shouldn't because I should be answering your question. But um, well, why, and, why break the habit of a lifetime? Why break the habit of a lifetime. It's because they're just they're tumbling out of me. These thoughts. Um, um, like what, Tourette's. That's yeah, Well, <laughs> we've said I'm a bit close to the spectrum somewhere, aren't we? So let's, let's, let's let's accept that. Um, uh, Andrewin, Andrewin, in the in the youth, youth youth matches you watch, which I do occasionally, he takes people on and beats them. Beats four or five players. Did he take anybody on? No. Why? Why? And I have to say, Odoi, can I just get this off, off my chest? Odoi, Odoi, Odoi gets, looks more and more skillful and competent every game he plays. Yeah. I've, and I think he's a, a top player, but he has to take people on. He can't just waggle about and then play a fantastic crossfield pass or do something terrific or score a great goal. He, he, he clearly can produce the lot. And I want to see it from him because well, he we... clearly clearly a top we're going to do uh, we're going to do Hudson and Oi massive justice in part two so thank you for uh ruining us. no 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 for teasing it JK teasing it Clayton um the, the reality was I mean you know it's such a weird old old fixture you, you know 99 times out of 100 we were going to absolutely wallop the pants off the shrimpers or batter the shrimpers as I, I, I would prefer to say but we've been around. A, I mean, I said this to Adam on Talk Sport. You know, he said, "Chidge, you must be looking for a cricket score on Sunday." And I said, "Mate, I said I've been watching Chelsea a long time. Uh, anything can happen, and probably will. But I'm about as confident as a Chelsea fan can be that we were going to beat them." So, you know, they were on a hiding to nothing, terrible form, Frank under huge pressure. It was all about getting the job done, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um... Several years ago, in the uh, the year of powerful discord, um, basically available to buy from all good bookstores, av- some rubbish from ones. all good Amazon uh, clicks. Um, in the third round of the FA Cup, we had uh, Scunthorpe at home, and Gus Hiddink picked the strongest possible side after we'd been desperate for for youngsters to play. Now that was a different time because we didn't have youngsters. And I know that there was a lot of disappointment that um, we didn't get uh, youngsters playing in this um, particular game. But this was all about building up the confidence of some um, some players who who'd just been horribly out of, of form. Um, and, you know, Werner scored, which is, which is good. Havertz um, played OK. Um, I think he's getting back to fitness. Billy Gilmore looked fantastic. I'm not saying he was one of those players, but he he played very well. Um, yes, you have to look at the opposition, but I think it was all about getting the result. I, I the one, I mean, I, I didn't have a massive problem about not blooding um, any of those other kids, the ones that trained with the first team. Um, their time will come. Um, I think the the one issue I had was why um, Zuma had to play and why Tamori couldn't play. Um, I know we've uh, briefly spoken about Clayton, Tamori. Clayton, I, I want, I want, sorry to butt in, but that's a very good point. But I, I wonder, given you know what Frank said subsequently, that they're looking to get him loaned out uh, this transfer window, maybe he was worried about getting him injured, which would scupper that? Potentially. I mean, it's conflicting news, isn't it? Because they are actually saying that he's him going out on loan is, is under threat. 
um, because of the fact that um, Christensen is injured, and we don't ah. know how bad Christensen injury is. They actually you mean the, to in, the, the injury that the, the injury that wasn't according to me on the podcast the other week when he should have got up and defended properly. Well, I, you know, the the point is that you can be injured and still get up, but then actually the injury permeates through later. I, I I'm not in the habit of defending Newchich, but I, you know that. Well, that's very kind of you, but I think I got that utterly wrong because he's clearly quite nastily injured. You were vehement. I mean, it, listen, it, it was it was a foul. It was a foul, yeah. but the the goal should still not have been conceded because yeah. there was a lot of time for the the side to absolutely to recoup uh, the position. Um, just to let you know that we got Luton we at have. home in the we fourth have. round. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, in some respects, that that was my only uh, major disappointment. I would have loved to have seen Liveramento because he just looks the absolute nuts at youth level. Um, but, you know, you could have played Dave at left back, but then Emerson trains hard deserves to play and he did and and apart from getting in everybody's way um <laughs> and shooting 25 yards wide yeah absolutely infuriating but he was just obviously keen to be out there yeah. <laughs> listen the, the 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 game was a non-event it was a very professional performance and um yeah it was good. Tony, I've, I've got, I mean, you know, some really good quotes actually that came out after the game, which I think totally, totally nailed it. Um, I mean, our very own Dan Silver, arguably the best and the most pithy amongst them. Uh, job done, total control, a win, a goal for Timo, a goal for Kai, Ballack-like header, Leeds falling apart again, not a bad Sunday. I mean, you can't, that's the show. That is the mic drop, off we go. I mean, well yeah, done, yeah. Dan. He nailed it really, didn't he? And I, I, I immediately retweeted that with the words Dan knows. Dan knows. Um, because Dan knows. Maybe we're not the A-team after all. It, it was spot on. I mean, look, you know, we've, we've discussed this many, many times. Um, there were people on Twitter who thought we should win 8-0, 9-0. Uh, you know, what, only 4-0. Um, Herbert's is over a nightmare. Oh, he's giving away a ball and I just, I've got this message for you. Fuck off. Okay? <laughs> you patently have never been to a football match, right? Um, or your mum and dad don't let you watch football because it's ridiculous. And actually, I think that's unfair to assume they're kids because I think there are people out there that are sitting, they're like vultures. It, you can't do right for doing wrong. You it just cannot fucking win with these people. And, um, and Dan was right. The fact that Leeds lost 3 0 to Crawley was just beautiful. on the cake. Right? The only thing that would have made it even better was if Marine had really mm. fucking gone to town on Tottenham. But, you know, they were blowing out their arse after half an hour. But the fact is, we've seen how many times we've skipped up on banana skins. Well, not so much in, in recent years, but take the lean years from 1970 onwards, JK. Right? You would pretty much dread whoever we drew in the <laughs> FA Cup. That's true. You'd think, oh fuck! And, you know, it's Hayes at Yedding. Well, we weren't Hayes and Yedding then. It was Hayes Football Club. So you think, oh no, this is just a a, a, a banana skin way to happen. You go particularly out away, particularly away, Tony. Yes, away. You go oh, out. Oh. You do a professional. We've learnt this over the years. I think Bradford was a slip up, wasn't it? A few years back. You go out. You absolutely do a professional job. You treat the other team with respect. Um. And, and and everyone's happy. What we did yesterday was spot on, absolute in every way. He did. He picked the right team. 
You pick players that are out of form, maybe, or whatever, but could do with a competitive game where it's not the be-all and end-all of everything yet. So they get a chance to spread their wings, to, to open their wings and fly a bit. And Havertz and Werner, but they were all very good yesterday. Um, and you can go on about the opposition as much as you like, but you can only beat what's in front of you, OK? And I thought we did a professional job. It would have done... I had a, there's a guy on Twitter, Blue Tinted Nick, I think his name is, or whatever, right? And he said, this is a training game. They'll learn nothing from this. They wouldn't have gained any confidence from that. And I like him, nice bloke, but he's completely wrong. Anything, any gain you can get from any little bit of confidence, right? If you fall off a bike, you have to get back on it and you have to gingerly ride the thing again. You know, if you get your ass kicked by uh, when you're playing football, you just have to hope that next time you're going to get a bit of a better game, a bit of an easier game, maybe, or whatever, just to get... When you play golf... If you have a complete nightmare round, you go and score 120 on a on a, on a par 18, you you know you're 45 over par or whatever. Very often, more often than not, a lot of golfers will then pick their next game of golf on a course that's a bit kinder, so they can just convince themselves that they're not suddenly shit and go and play the game. And I think that's that was what needed yesterday. That was the perfect perfect timing. A game against the team. That were coming, they they knew they probably weren't going to win, but they still put up a good battle. They've had a good run out. We've had a good run out. You know, trebles all round, as they say in private eye. JK, Tony, did you did you block the blue tinted guy and tell him to fuck off? No, I didn't. No, no Nick's like, all right. He's all Nick, right. It's all right. No, I know, but I, I, we're talking about the mood that he had at the beginning. He said anybody who said anything, <laughs> I'll tell him to fuck off. He's called me red handed there. It's a fair cop. That there are only two blockers on the podcast tonight, and it's not me and Clayton. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> JK, talking of uh, patience, which is really what we're talking about with not blocking people. Um, I think, you know, Tony had it absolutely right. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in a match like this. And, I mean, Bex, bless her heart, she put a great tweet out. I think she was responding to a lot of the nappy shitting that you were seeing on Twitter at the time, Tony. But she said uh, six non-starting in the 11, uh, six, six, six usual non-starters in the 11, three players building fitness and a player lacking a confidence who could do with a few goals. You know, it, it, the, you, you know, you have to have the, you have to have the context uh of everything within all of this you know yeah. and well, i think what, what did we learn then chid what did we learn well we learn? um i don't know yet i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about that in a minute because I, I i think the bottom line or well, I, I, I i tell you what bugged me if anything bugged me and i think this is quite a serious issue going forward and i thought mark schwarzer nailed it i thought he was very good on the uh on the comms to be fair because uh, he basically said that particularly in the first half, too many of our players tend to get in each other's way with their runs. And, you know, the defence also, I thought, was pushing up hugely. Now, usually that's not a problem, but quite often you'd find Zuma or Rudiger about 30 yards from the opposition goal. The whole of the space was really, really congested. And, and these players, I don't think, have necessarily really gelled yet in terms of where the other's going to run. And I think that has to do with the fact that they've not played in a settled 11 enough for all the reasons that we know I'm not kind of blaming for them for that it just takes time but he also said that we were we were too static uh you know and overplaying a lot and I thought that that was also a very very good good point if I was to make a criticism of Sunday JK that would be it I, I, one of my criticisms would be the the 
that when in doubt, they appear just to aimlessly dink the ball into the middle. And uh, um, even with Giroud, when he came on, that's even a bit desperate. And uh, I never didn't understand why Emerson kept finding himself, and you mentioned this, Tony, why Emerson kept finding himself in the middle um, uh, to have a pot shot, whether he was eager to show off. I got the impression he was... He looked as if he was unbelievably keen to have a have a shot because mm. nobody was nobody was was closing him down to have the shot. But unfortunately, it's Emerson, and you know the, we we just saw the the ball disappear a very long way past the post. Um, but uh, I I think in particular, I think the game flowed in about in several different phases, which was we were tentative at the beginning, looked devoid of ideas, and then when Mount scored a, a fabulous um, Lampard-like goal, um, we we played much better. From then on, which uh, is is a pattern that you see with 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 Chelsea, which is they mm. seem to get a you get a goal, everybody relaxes, realizes they can actually play much better, and they do so. Um, and so I almost feel it needs to be judged. I also, I also the energy went when Zayesh came off. I thought Zayesh was brilliant, had a great game, really great game. And you you see the the benefits of that wonderful crossing ability with with the left foot, and also the the, the odd silky skill he brings in. So, but I, I I slightly despair that we're relying so heavily on him because we appear to have you know some some top forwards, and I'd like the top forwards to all be performing at the the same level, which they're not. So I'll go on about Adoy again. Adoy is really good, a really good player. I'm I'm so pleased he's beginning to express himself. But for God's sake, beat people. You can do it. You just, it's it's. It's just a question of, of not going up to the player and slowing down. Just skin him. You know, you can do it. And, I, and when, when he does that, I think he'll give uh, Pulisic yeah. a run for his money. I, I, mm. would, I would totally agree with that because I, I, I too have been moaning about that recently, J.K. I think there's mitigation yesterday, which I'll go back to again. You know, it's very hard when you've got 10 people behind the ball all the time because there's no space. But even then, I, I think I think it's... You know, you'll you'll drag a foul out of him if you get too close yeah. to him. I, he, he's he he takes that easy way out every time, and he's once again that we've seen him beat people easily before. I, you know, he, he's got a great goal. Good for him. He was in a great. That's when the chip works. But but uh, over the top when they run into space. Beautiful but it, goal. Beautiful it goal. But it's the aimlessness of this kind of sort of of getting to the right hand side, and just you think, well, why is this going to work? There are there are ten all the defense. Well, I, th- I, I, I think it's really interesting because you know. We, we've all been around the block long enough to know this, haven't we, Clayton? But when a, when a team defends with 10 men behind the ball and they defend narrow, uh, they, they're trying to push you out wide because back, they back themselves to just outnumber you in the box and, and be able to defend any crosses that come in. And certainly, you know, that you're not going to go through the middle with them. So actually, the reality is the only the only way you can try and beat them is to go down the wings because you just don't have the space to go through the middle. I always remember hilariously how how that worked very well to our advantage in the in the Camp Nou when we when we beat Barcelona, who were forced wide because because they like trying to play in the middle. The only time they went wide, they were crossing it in. Of course, they didn't have any any decent kind of big strikers to get on the end of it. So it was easy for us to defend. To defend. But, so I wouldn't criticise that, Chelsea, for that because they were trying to go wide and get the ball into the box. Yeah, I, I take issue with, with uh, what Jonathan says about Callum because I think I agree with you. In the Premier League, he's been very reluctant to take anybody on and he always cuts inside and it's always very frustrating because you know he's got the skill. But I, I think he, he he did about at least three or four times he went past the fullback. 
the crosses weren't ideal, but I think he was basically a little bit more adventurous. I thought he played well. I mean, uh, for me, he was our best player yesterday, well, I thought. I, I, uh, go on, mate. Go on. Go on. Sorry. He brings a great well, energy, Clayton. I can't deny that. The energy, his energy was much, much higher than anybody else in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought he played. I thought he played well. Um, yes, it is difficult to play against a 10 man block. But, I, you know, if I had any criticism of yesterday, it was the fact that their goalkeeper had nothing to do. Didn't he was work hardly worked. Yeah. No, I mean, he, the, their keeper made the most incredible save, double save yeah. um, from Havertz and Pulisic. Uh, but that, that was it. He Obviously, he let in the four goals, so that's four shots on target. Uh, but I can't think of very many times other than that and the double save where he actually had to save the ball. I thought that we had a lot of possession. I thought some of the, the movement outside the box was very good, um, but I don't think we created that many good chances. Um, listen, we did what we had to do, but I think the whole point and, and where we have to get back to... Um, where we want to be is that we have to be more clinical well, and I, I've circulated it on our WhatsApp group, the very good discussion uh, from the athletic, which actually looked at um, the way we've been playing. And, and they were basically saying that had we achieved our expected goals, I still don't know what that means, but had we been more clinical. <laughs> yeah. Had we been more clinical in, in, in old language, have we been more clinical in front of goal and perhaps slightly less sloppy at the back? We, we'd be right up there. Now, yeah. it, it's not that we're not doing, you know, the, the things. I mean, for example, I, I think Werner's hit the woodwork more than any other forward, you know. And so it's just fine-tuning. So yeah. it, it's getting there and it is a work in progress. And I just... I hope and pray um, that Frank's given the time to to finish what he started. Agreed. I I, I still think, you know, I'll go back to what I said, and and, and I totally agree with that, Clayton. And, I mean, it's really interesting because I did an article which which came out, uh, thankfully, on the Saturday. Thank you, Sam, for putting that up on Football London. But... Uh, it was about you know Timo Werner and the curse of the Chelsea striker, and I and I had a very interesting chat with Kerry Dixon, uh, you know, who contributed to it, and he was very much of the of the opinion that you know these things don't just happen by magic; they take work to adapt to how Frank wants the team to play, uh, to the league, to each other. Most important of all, though, to each other, you know, they have to figure out you know whoever. The, the suppliers are have got to figure out where the striker or the strikers are most likely to be in terms of their game. And he he he, t- he told the oft told anecdote about uh, him, Pat Nevin, and David Speedy, and and Pat was always whipping balls into the near post for him. And he said, "No, Pat, you can't put it there for me. It's not where I'm going to be. I'm at the back post." And of course, him and Speedo famously spent a lot of time competing for the same balls, and ended up having a punch up about it. Uh, and then, of course, being being the 80s, they went to the pub, had a couple of pints and talked about it, and, and a brilliant partnership ensued. But these things do not happen by magic. They take work. And mm. we are we have not... I don't. And I also think the other thing that I mentioned was that 
You know, they don't, they, they're not having the time on the training ground to sort this out because either they're injured or the rapidity of the games that we're having. So I think this process will take a while and we need to be patient with it. But I think the signs are there. I mean, Tony, that goal uh, by Hudson and Doy was, su- I mean, superb uh, vision and execution by Ziyech, but actually really, really clever by Hudson and Doy. Because if you're playing against a very disciplined back four or back five, even, which is what Morecambe had. He actually, very cleverly, just went off on the shoulder of the, of the defender. Very hard to defend against. They all thought he was offside, but he timed it perfectly. A brilliant goal, mate. It was. And, and you know, I, I again, I sit here and I, I can't help myself but think, it, it, when you win 4-0, it's very hard to pick holes in stuff, right? And and I actually really am impressed with, with hudson Adoy, um and the way he's kind of grinned and bared it. Is that the right phrase I'm thinking of? He's um, battled through, mate. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and people are, are very quick, aren't they? They're very trigger-fingered these days to say, um, oh, he's no good. He isn't doing this. He isn't doing this. He's not cutting in. He's not taking players on. Sorry, JK, that was just a minor little poke there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think JK's looking at me. Honestly, you what, mate? You, you what? For the, for the, for the listeners... Yeah, I've just seen what an assassin looks like. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I, I no, uh, I, 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 I don't mind. I don't mind points of view that JK's put across because they're they're thought through and they're not just basically people sitting there, keyboard warriors, and going who fucking useless or whatever. He is really starting to show himself now. I wonder whether that's because of uh, of some competition with Pulisic, you know, um, uh, Pulisic, I can't think of Pulisic, but Pulisic, I can't, uh, you know, whether that's because Pulisic has, has not not been on his stride lately. And, and maybe Callum's starting to think, you know what, I'm as good as, as anybody in this team. And I remember years ago when we, when we were playing, it was the one before the final against Monaco. Uh, no, no, it was it was when we got knocked out when Porto won the Champions League, and I was in Spain. Uh, who was our manager? It was Ranieri, wasn't it? And uh, he bought on. I think we were losing to to Monaco. I think at the time, and he bought on Juan Sebastian Veron, right? And Joe Cole was sitting on the bench, and he must have been thinking to himself, mm-hmm. just how shit does everybody else have to be for me to get on, right? And Joe Cole probably could have, at some point or other, said, I've had enough of this, I'm out of here. Massively young, talented player. And I think Callum Hudson-Odoi has probably had a little bit of that as well. But I think Frank's put his arm around him and said, listen, son, you've got a big future here. Just be patient. Don't try and rush this. You've come back from a very serious injury. And what have we all said? We've all said it on this podcast. It isn't the physical aspect that worries you. It's here. It's the mental bit, right? Because every time a player who's had that kind of injury gets a twinge or in a similar situation. I know he, 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 he wasn't actually in contact with anybody when he got the injury, but it's going to be at the back of your mind. I don't care how strong, how mentally tough you are. You've got to get through that. So I'm really, really impressed. And I also want to put a word in here for Havertz, right, who with that header uh, for the fourth goal, which was superb, whatever, but there was a piece of skill before that from Tammy Abraham which was just exquisite yeah, to play in I think as for the cross in just 
wonderful. E- even Aspilicueta couldn't screw that cross up the ball into no, it. So good. Uh, but I think it goes. He back was to looking point. for the first knee, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am, you know, I, I, I think you, yesterday was a prime opportunity to try some stuff out, to do exactly without going to the pub because they can't for Havertz and Werner and players like that to, to to do it in a real environment, but without the kind of jeopardy. Of, of of the likelihood of getting turned over, you, you would you probably wouldn't have been able to do that against City or Liverpool or something like that. So it was an ideal opportunity, part by, and it's very clever and, and sensible management by Frank Lampard to do that, to use that as the opportunity. But Tony, don't you think that Werner is still a conundrum? Can we? Because, can, no, he scored a goal yesterday, and that would have done him. Yeah, the power I, I just I want to like talk about that in a minute, if you don't mind, because I still think there's there's more to discuss with Hudson Odoi. Um, no, no, because. I, it's we're all over the place already, which is fine. But I I, I want to like not kind of like go back and forth and back and forth because I think we're in a really interesting discussion about Hudson Odoi. Fair, fair enough. Can can we remember Werner? It's in the fucking script, mate. Don't worry. We ain't gonna forget about it. <laughs> Read the script, shit. Well, I know you don't, which is why you ha- occasionally. Actor. It's why you get a nap on your ruckle, a knuckles occasionally. Anyway, Hudson Odoi. I I I think. I think we need to look at his performance yesterday, not in isolation, actually. I think we need to look at his performance yesterday in terms of his last three or four performances for Chelsea because I think Tony's got it got it right. I think I think he's getting back to his best. And, you know, we all said it would take, you know, for him it's perhaps not the physical issue, it's the mental issue because of the injury that he had. And I actually think that Frank's played a blinder with him. Maybe there was also an attitude problem that maybe Frank, has sorted out as well because uh, we know he's got himself into a bit of trouble in the not too distant past but I, I think it's very very promising um talking of expected uh goals tony uh there's a chap oh. there's a chap on uh twitter called expected chelsea who's very good with stats and he, he's come up with some crackers here for hudson adoy he's had 32 starts for the first 11 26 goal contributions 19 of them in the premier league or europe 173 well that's a boring stat um three premier league goals seven premier league assists two champions league goals one champions league assist four europa league goals two europa league assists three fa cup goals three fa cup assists one league cup cup goal that's not bad at all jk for a, a lad of his age and thir- only 32 starts that's brilliant isn't it well I, I, it's better I, than I, you I, and me is he? Is he? In, I don't think we should ever be in, in, the, in the two. <laughs> um, but uh, sweet of you. But uh, are we including the Europa League in that? Well, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, it's European competition. Yeah, you know? I just, I, I, I felt that. I thought that was. You would know more about this than me. But I thought psychologically, I thought that was really interesting because he excelled in the, that environment when he was playing people he really could obviously see were, were a lot worse than him. Um, uh, mind you, that y- yesterday was another opportunity. He was also getting into the England side at the time. Yes, he was. Well, because he was playing very well in those games. I, I, I still think he was. Uh, I, I, to me, he wasn't as he. he we talked about Havertz being um, uh, slinkily smooth. I think he's got a, a quality to him that um, uh, is evolving all the time. That he just looks unbelievably relaxed on the ball and can flick it off. Some of those cross field passes he does with his yeah. right foot and curl yeah. are absolutely top. Top yeah. class, top class. He's a, he's clearly a top class player, and it's uh, as you say, it's teasing teasing it out of him, so he he can actually play the same level against Premier League teams that he played against the youth, where he was 
um, like some of these other players, like Andrew. Andrew needs exactly the same kind of time to be able to express himself. There's something about suddenly playing against people, who are m men who are older than you, or just men, I suppose, rather than boys. They just slightly get, they, they back off. And you, I don't quite understand it because, you know, we've seen examples of, 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 of very precocious youth take people on and skin them and just be fantastic, even at 18 and 19. So, but it's, uh, uh, I don't know, what is it? Is it a self-esteem problem? Is it a thinking you're out of your depth when you go up into a, into a, a, a larger, um, you know, into a supposedly better environment? I don't know. But um, it's a shame, once again, that Andrew isn't expressing himself in the same way. But I'm very pleased to see that uh, Adoy is, uh, is beginning to turn it on because yeah. it, it is, as you say, it's going to give them a problem with... Um, uh, or, or not, given given the injury problems that we've had with Ziyech and, of course, Pulisic. Uh, Clayton, think, yeah, yeah. Clayton, do you think? I mean, you know, he, personally, I think he should start against Fulham. I think he's he's earned the right with the last few performances. I I think it would be absolutely incredibly unfair if he didn't. I don't know what more he's got to do. Um, I don't. I think. Pulisic is is off his game at the moment. He's he's finding it. I mean, I for me watching him at the moment, it, it looks like he's finding it really difficult to get into the rhythm of the game. I think one of the problems that we've got as a team generally is the fact that we don't seem to have a, a, a set pattern of play. So that if you are in a particular position, when you're replacing somebody else then you know what your job is. And I, I, I think that there's too much mix and match in that side at the moment. And I think that's what the problem is. Um, I definitely think Callum should start against Fulham. I, I think he looked really, really up for it. I think he looks bright. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the, I think one of the problems or, or one of the problems I perceive that, that people have with Lampard and I think in some respects it, it's sort of justified, is it, it doesn't appear to be a meritocracy. It doesn't matter how well you do. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the one that's playing. Um, and I think that if Callum is not in the side on um, Saturday, as it now is, um, I think a lot of people are going to be a really, really pissed off. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I would say to mitigate that is, of course, we... We don't really have, I think, a first-hand appreciation of how difficult it is to manage the squad when we're having to play so many games and what their what their energy levels are. But, I, I mean, on face value, I, I agree. I mean, I would be I would be astonished if Callum doesn't get a chance on, on Saturday now against Fulham, having played so well recently, and, and I think he's played better than Pulisic. But, you know, we're not, we're not frank. We're not there. Right, I'm just going to... We're going to go for a quick break, after which uh, we're going to talk... Uh, much to JK's delight, I'm sure, about Werner. Werner. No, I've, I've, gone off, I've gone off it. Well, now, that's but... okay. Luckily, I've got two other people I can talk to yeah, about okay, Werner. Well, so I'll I'm just talk. I'll just talk to Clayton and Tony about Werner, and you can go and have a cup of tea or something. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about Werner and Havertz, and hopefully their confidence being restored. We uh, talk about Kepper. Uh, we can because we've got we've got our, the Kepper expert on, obviously, and it'd be rude not to. Billy Gilmore, I absolutely want to talk about as well. Uh, and also, we're going to talk about who we've got next because uh, in the draw, we've got Luton at home next. And if we beat Luton, which of course we should, we then have Barnsley or Norwich away. 
Barnsley bringing up nightmares of the time uh, when uh, we lost 1-0 to them under Avram Grant, of course. But more of that in part two. Now, before we go for our little break, uh, it's time a timely reminder for uh, CFC UK, uh, um, you know, which is the best fanzine in the world, not least because both Clayton and I write for it. But of course, you can uh, you don't you can't get it on a match day. This we all know, but you can still get a proper paper copy uh, and also a digital copy digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Uh, and I've got and I will remember the other there is an app, as I said, which I, I keep meaning to to remind you all of. I think it's called Match Day App, but I shall find it while I'm talking about something else because I can do two things at the same time. Of course, the other way to get it is you just basically email uh, cfcuk at gate17.co.uk, I think. Um, and then you can pay £2 and then you get it first-class post and your life is made beautiful and wondrous uh, and you'll have nothing to complain about whatsoever. Now, I, I still can't find it because I, I, I bookmark so many bloody tweets these days that... Uh, um, come on, I know it's here somewhere. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Oh, well, I'm not going to find it, so I'll just have to remember to put it in the script uh, next week. So there you go. So sorry about that. But there is an app that you can get it on. It's brilliant, actually. You get all sorts of fanzines on there, but I do think you have to pay. But considering you have to pay for the fanzine anyway... It ain't too much of a problem. Right, we're going for a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stamford Chidge, Mr Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be here. Mr Clayton Beerman. Good evening. And the Reverend Tony Glover. Bonjour. Lovely to see you all. Lovely to see you. It really is. Uh, would would be nicer if I could actually see you all in the flesh, as it were. But uh, sadly, thanks to lockdown three, that ain't happening for a long time. We've we've had a we've had a good old we've had a good old chat about uh, dear old Callum Hudson Odoi, who's impressing us hugely. I think at the moment it's safe to say, and we're all rather happy we beat Morecambe, which of course we damn well should have done. But um, I think the main takeaway uh, from Sunday. And actually, funnily enough, JK, something we talked about on, on Friday and I talked about hugely in my article for Football London was the absolute need for Frank to pick Timo Werner. Now, at the time, we all thought that uh, he, he was going to bung all the youth in. That's what the, the runes were telling us. But he, he did actually put out a fairly, well, a pretty strong side, I think. Very, very I mean, other than Billy Gilmore, who arguably is is more of a first-team player these days, uh, there wasn't really much evidence of the Liveramentos or the Soonsop Bells or Bates or whoever. But for me, Werner had to start JK because he absolutely needs to get on the score sheet. 12 games without a goal for him, by his standards, is something of a slump. And he was clearly, I think, looking bereft of confidence. So I was I was really delighted that he started, and, and equally Havertz as well, because I think Havertz needs some, some game time in his legs at the moment. Uh and it's it's funny, isn't it? We always say this with a striker out of form. All they need is an open net 
from a yard out to get their confidence back. And he got he got the classic kind of goal hangers goal, really, didn't he? Well, well, we'll have to see whether it brings his confidence back against. We will indeed, of course, because uh, he, he rather annoyingly Frank took him off. I know he wanted to give Giroud a, a go. I'd have kept him on for the ninety minutes. I wanted to see him score uh, as many as he possibly could. I'd like like him to have scored three, um, uh, just because I think that really would have given him a, a boost. But I I still worry about um, where what his role is and where he actually plays. Um, because he's so good at, I mean, it's that little, those, he's terrific at those little half chances, uh, according to his, his, uh, his, his previous goal-scoring efforts with us. Um, but he had a volley, which he was just standing, he was just, wasn't balanced for, which I think in his, in his prime earlier on in the season, he'd have taken. And uh, it's those little moments that he's he, he, supposed to be what he's famous for, what he was doing at Leipzig. And I still don't quite understand his role at the moment because I was working out. Um, there was about a 20 minute period where he didn't seem to touch the ball at all. And I was thinking it, it, he doesn't go to look for the ball, which is fair enough, because that's not what he's supposed to be doing. And he's making little runs here and there. But um, it, it, it doesn't receive it. And he, he needs to get the ball in the penalty area or just outside the penalty area or wherever to have a go. And the only occasions where he what did get the ball, this is for most of the match, um, he'd either have a shot that was immediately blocked. Fair enough. They have got a, a you know, a 10 man defence or um, uh, he was looking a bit lost. And I'll, I'll 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 keep going on about this. I still don't quite know where he's supposed to be playing at the moment. And I think earlier on in the season, we had a, we had a, an idea of where he was. Whether was it that we were we were we were um, acting more on the break, and therefore he had a, an opportunity to run at players because that seems to be a great strength of his because he's a very very quick uh, with great control. But we're not seeing any of that at all. We're seeing him in the penalty area, smothered by whoever is there, and he's not really a great header of the ball, is he? I'm sure he can put the ball in the net with his head, but we're not looking at Giroud. We're not looking at even at Tammy, who's enormous, and he can do it. So I'm, I'm still um, slightly bewildered as to what he's supposed to be doing at the moment. I mean, he got a good goal, which was, you know, and it was the perfect, the perfect uh, triumvirate. It was uh, uh, lovely Zayic Koss and uh, a Havertz header, and then a, a, a knee into the net. And he was in the right place. But um, other than that, uh, I really couldn't see him anywhere at all. Mm. Clayton, what say you? I mean. I don't. I think you can't argue that it, it will hopefully help his confidence. But do you, do you agree? Do you think? Do you think we're struggling to to get the best out of him? Find you know because not all strikers are the same. And he did score most of his goals in Germany playing in a two. And he's an off the shoulder sort of player. Runs between the lines. He's not what I would call a classic number nine. Um, he quite patiently plays a hell of a lot better when Tammy Abraham's is playing. Um, Emil so Heskey to his Michael Owen, possibly. But I, so I think that that's the first thing that needs to be addressed. Um, the second thing is, um, I a hundred percent agree with what Jonathan said about yesterday. But the only thing I would say is, where's where's the service to him? I mean, yes, he took or, or when the the ball came to him, he was in a good position, but his volley was woeful. And he didn't look brilliant yesterday, but he scored a goal, which is what he's there to do. But, you know, from what I can see, he's great with the ball at his feet, running at people. 
Um, you think about the goal that he scored earlier in the season against Sheffield United, the goal that he set up against Leeds, the goal that he set up against Newcastle. It's with the ball at his feet and he's running at people. Balls that are played for him to run onto. He has, there was nothing like that yesterday. I mean, I, I have no doubt that he's going to come good. Um, I'm slightly disappointed at Simon Johnson um, writing an article. I know they have to fill space up on the athletic but I, I i think it you know to to sort of pen an article talking you know like talking about people that didn't work out and did work out at chelsea after what in essence is what four months i think was was really well, that, that's what i wrote i mean i i actually invoked robert fleck and chris sutton but, yeah, but, that, but my but that, point, my but, point but was that, no. But you didn't do that. You weren't writing him off. You were no, basically. I was saying don't saying write. Him. I was, was saying I was saying off. don't write him off. Yeah, exactly. But 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 to actually just. Uh, I mean, have you read Simon's article? I haven't. Actually. I, I mean, don't know how I missed that because I would have been quite. Yeah. Tuned so into so that. he's basically talking about you know money we spent and why people don't work and all this that and the other. I don't think we should be talking in those terms at, at this time. I mean, basically, um, Frank Lampard's first season, Didier Drogba's first season. I mean, if he, if if this time, next season, we're still talking about Havertz not doing it properly, then fine, let's move Timo, on. You mean? Yeah, sorry, uh, Timo. Um, let Let's move on. But but you know, it's way too early. I, the whole thing, uh, and we've discussed this before, and it, it should not get forgotten. Young man. New city, new team, and basically it's COVID, and he can't go out, and he can't spread his wings, etc. You maybe he needs maybe he needs to get rid of some of that tension, Clayton. If you know what I mean. There's nothing stopping him doing that. <laughs> he can do that on his own, can't he? <laughs> Oh, they used to call Some it a safety. They used to, Tony. They used to call it a safety wank in my day, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh, dear. Oh, only the Chelsea fan cast can lower the tone quite like Clayton's, Clayton's absolutely bang on about that, and I've said the same myself. You, they haven't come into a team under normal circumstances where they would be out. They would be out drinking with the, the other teammates. They'd be going around each other's houses. They'd have girlfriends with them. They might have a stream of girlfriends coming in and going out or whatever. They might be white womanizers. They would be doing all the kind of things. They might be playing golf. They would be doing all the things that young blokes would do, and they can't do any of it. Is that what you're in a new doing? country? You know, uh, it, uh, no, no one's going to tell me that isn't going to impact them. No one. JK? Um, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that when I was young. <laughs> should we talk? Should we talk about Kai Havertz? Because I think, I mean, look, I, 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 I think there's a very, very, I think there's a really important discussion to be had. Actually, annoyingly, there's nothing we can do about it because we're not managing the club. But I, I, and this is a point that Kerry made. I think very. I mean, you know, he scored 193 goals for Chelsea. He's worth listening to. I think his point was is that you know somebody in that team has to take responsibility for scoring the goals. And that, that's what your main striker does. So if Timo Werner is our main striker, 
then he needs to he needs to take the responsibility for scoring the goals. We know he's capable of scoring a lot of goals in a very short period of time. So maybe that's what he should do. But I think you're all basically saying the same thing and you're all correct. You know, you've got to play to his strengths. Now, if I'm managing a team and I've got a striker that's capable of scoring 20 to 30 goals a season, then I'm going to say, make sure you put him in the best position he can to score those goals. And I and I do think this goes back to what we were saying in part one, which I I just don't think they've yet figured out how they all play best together. And that's a combination of the management that needs to do that, but also the players have to figure that out, JK. If if you've got um, two really top wingers, whoever it is, Pulisic or Adoy or um, Zayesh, who, let's face it, are, 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 should be top wingers, it, they're going to try and get the ball most of the time down to the byline and then centre it. If he's not the best player for, for running into the penalty area because he's very good at running with the ball, they should work out a different means of, of playing that, surely. If, if, that, if they're playing with the three up front, it's, it's not going to work if he's up there and, uh, uh, playing centre-forward just because um, it, 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 getting on the end of the ball is something he can do. But if, as you say, if he's better at running with the ball, well, surely he would work better with the two. So what happened in the situation with Abraham playing with him? Did why did we dump it? Did we because was it because is it because four three three worked earlier on, didn't it? But, well, no, um, it's it's because basically we we had that um, the game where Giroud came in and scored four goals, and then you couldn't drop Giroud. It's all, all Giroud's Giroud fault. Yeah, and then and then Giroud scored for the next two or three games, yeah, and so yeah. Abraham's wasn't playing. Yeah, exactly. And therefore right. that particular partnership was broken up. And you'd have to say that Timo has struggled since that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. I, I think that, I well, we said it. I mean, God, we had a show called TNT, they're dynamite. You know, so we know that, that it was a partnership that, that was beginning to work. I mean, this is this is the dilemma that Frank has. You know, he's. I mean, I think uh, Neil, Neil Barnett, actually, again, let's see if the, the magic bookmarking works on, on my, old, my old Twitter feed, but... Uh, Neil Barnett, also known as the spy, friend of the show. Ah, there we go. He he put this brilliantly today on Twitter. He said, who should Frank play forward at Fulham? Tammy, Timo or Ollie? They've got 26 goals between them this season. Two run in behind, two hold up the ball, two finish crosses, and they each fulfil two of those three assets. Hard choice. And I think, I think just up front, that's a really difficult dilemma for Frank. And I don't think it's helped by the fact you can also extend that out to we've got wingers who, you know, like to cut inside, wingers, you know, who like to run at people. We've got Havertz and Mount. You know, it goes right back to what I was saying earlier on about not just the, the, the you know, taking time for them to adapt to each other, but also working out the space that they're going to occupy and making the best use of that. Who would be Frank Lampard? Um, I'd like to be Frank Lampard, actually. I have to say five million quid a year to you know, manage the team I love, but there you go. I know that's why Frank smiles. Let's talk about uh, Billy Gilmore, um, who is a young man that I have the most tremendous amount of love for. Um, I mean, I cannot believe he's so young. He he he, he is, I think he is superb. And again, okay, I know it was only Morecambe. Um, you know, it's a classic statement, isn't it? Oh, well, it was only Morecambe. He just looks he just looks like a real real player to me. I thought he was really 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 disciplined. I think he's an able an able cover 
for Kante, which I think he's going to have to be against Fulham because, of course, Kante suspended. But I think if you've got a fit, and I mean, I understand that Frank's probably been managing, you know, him back uh, while he's getting his fitness back, and I understand that. But if you've got a fit Billy Gilmore in your squad, why on earth, why on earth, Tony, would you play Jorginho ever again? Um, He's protecting, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think... If, if Frank's guilty of anything, it's being overcautious. Um, of, of not just Billy Gilmer, you could argue with, with Hudson Adoy uh, uh, and one or two of the others. I think the one that's really been let off his leash this year has been Reese James, um, as, as kind of the most obvious and uh, one of the most improved players. Billy Gilmore, who um, I think I've said it before, he reminds me so much of the boy that played Kez. Yes, played in yes, the film yes. Kez. He's about the same height, weight, and everything as far as I can see. He looks totally um, too small to be on the pitch, and yet he's kind of wiry and, and tricky and, and confident. And um, and I think you know, even from when he, he sort of debuted last season, um, I find it intriguing that he looks so confident. And I think he's get he gets that again from Frank. Um, and, and possibly Jody. I've got a, a couple of thoughts on on, on Jody Morris, but you know, slightly off the piece, off, off piece. But with um, with Frank, look, you know, these a player like Billy Gilmore's going to have. He's got a player, a manager, putting his arm around him, giving him an opportunity out of the academy, who's won absolutely everything bar the World Cup, right? Nobody can sit in the office with Frank Lampard and go, "You don't know what you're fucking talking about," and neither can anybody on Twitter, right? Um, because this guy is is as one of the most experienced people in football of his age, without a doubt. And I think that shows, and I think his confidence shows as well. Um, Jorginho, we said last was it last week? Well, I wasn't on last week. Was I the week before? I think we said Jorginho. We said, what's he good for? And we said he's possibly his own, only main positive asset is the ability to come on the pitch and slow the game down, put put his foot on the ball. You know, he's not as good as Balak at doing that. But, you know, if you want somebody to, to slow down, um, then he should be one of your game management top agents, as it were, to see a game out. Other than that, I think he's probably done his stint at Chelsea now, unless he's happy, like Kovacic appears to be, to sit on the bench and not make much of a fuss. And that's mm-hmm. Bill Aquetta. Um He has a role to play, Jorginho, but it, it was it's not with us anymore. I Possibly, he, I think he was co- he, he was really good with under. Well, the role he played under Sarri um, was meant that he ran everything. Uh, this Regista, yeah, he yeah. Con- absolutely he controlled the game. And what he what he's terribly good at is picking people out. But what we've discovered in playing something that requires industry and speed, he hasn't got either of those or a, or a particular good shot other than the goal he scored against Fulham last year. So, no. so um, uh, I think as we've established. Um, he doesn't fit in this current Chelsea side. No, and I think that's and that's a fair point. I think also I wouldn't let him anywhere near taking a penalty again, actually, because I think he's been sussed out on that one. Um, and I, I don't want to be anti-players particularly. I, I, I always try to see the good in, in, in players. He could be, he could model himself on Makaleli, couldn't he? Uh, and just be a complete game messer-upper you know, uh, untidy, ruining football, um, which McAlady was a bloody master of doing because, you know, you were a goal up and that's what you wanted. You wanted somebody just to go in there and piss the other team off. 
he doesn't he doesn't seem to have McAlady's tackling capability does he it's the wrapping the leg round isn't it Tony to yeah yeah, unbelievable uh, ability to do that and not have a foul given against. Him. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, so I think you know, I think Jorginho's days are numbered. I think there's probably, if this is Frank's second season, I think you're probably going to see four or five. You're going to see some, one or two maybe go this window, but I think you'll see most of the ones he wants out um, in uh, in 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 the close season, as it were. Um, and I think Jorginho could be one of them. I think. You know, we all know Lonzo is going to be on his way and Emerson possibly as well. Please, Emerson. Please. I think there'll be one or two others. I think, Frank, you know, it's always, it's always been obvious, not even from the club I haven't come out and said it, but we've always known there's this undercurrent of this is this is a kind of longer-term build project or whatever. It's not going to be the old disruptor model, go and spend millions and millions of pounds trying to compete with City when, you know, even Roman, as, as rich as he is, can't do that now. You know, because it becomes a race to the bottom, doesn't it? And I just think, um, like I'd rather, much rather see us continue down this road, continue bringing the academy, continue plucking the best young players from other clubs, spotting the talent. Isn't that what, when I grew up in the 60s and 70s, you'd have players like, people like Brian Clough would pull players from the old third division and turn them into fucking superstars. They weren't the finished object. But when he got them, he, he saw the potential and moulded them into that. And nowadays we seem to have gone down this checkbook road of, you know, go and buy, go and spend £100 million on that player because he's brilliant. Well, OK, he may well be. But how did that work out for Pogba at Man United? <laughs> you know, I, I've gone off the point there, Chid, but you know what I, I'm getting at? I think Billy Gilmore is an absolute pearl of a player. Um and 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 I I thoroughly endorse Frank's protectionism against him. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting point, isn't it? Actually, because I think one thing, Clayton, you know, and and I think that I think this has been lost in the chaff of all the nonsense about trying to analyze Frank and whether he's good enough to be Chelsea manager and should he stay or should you know all the nonsense we've been having to put up with in the last few weeks. Um, I think for me. The uh, you know what you'll know this as a lawyer. What's what's the arg the closing argument a barrister gives when when you know they that you know before they the the judge makes his decision. There's a well, yeah, word. That's what it is. The clo- that's yeah. the closing argument. Where, where they say, "I rest my case, my lud." Yeah, that's, that's the closing okay. argument. Well, the closing argument on Frank is that you know Frank Lampard. I I firmly believe that everything that he does as a manager of this club is done for the best interests of this club not for himself. And that, my dear friends, is where it's how you differentiate Frank from any other manager. Because yes. any other manager that we've had or will have will be doing it to make a lot of money and uh, bloat their reputation. Frank's not in it for that. He is in it for the best interests of this club because he spent a majority of his adult life at this club trying to win things for it. So for he me, gets it. Yeah. Yes, but that's Klopp. a that's a better way of saying he gets it. I think Tony. I think that's it is. The point. But it's 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 what Klopp. You know, Liverpool have been also rangs for for a number of years. Klopp walks into that club and got it from day one. You can say what you like about whether you like the bloke or not. He got Liverpool. He understood what they wanted, what they needed, everything about that club. You know, he's he's going to be as Liverpool as 
as as Dalglish or any well, of them. I, 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 I really well, get that, and I think Frank is is is, is the closest we've got to. Well, to I think he's better than that because I think he genuinely does love the club. Clayton, yeah. I, I, we got you on the show, and it would be very remiss. I mean, by all means, say whatever you want about Billy Gilmore, but uh, we ought to talk about Kepper, who I thought uh, made an excellent save actually when it when it was still nil nil. And the last thing that I think we would have wanted to have done is to go one nil down to Morecambe because from what we under what we learned from John last week was that they're you know they're a, they're a good side defensively and they can you know they would have been hard harder to break down one nil up and of course we would have been vulnerable to the counter attack and they're also quite good at that. I mean he 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 was he kind of wandered out of position but uh, and then of course the chap saw him off his line and cracked a shot through but he did really well to keep that out. So how do you think he did overall? Uh, I, I think you're underestimating that save. It wasn't a good save. It was a brilliant save. It was absolutely well, superb. Okay, he, I, he I did, accept that. He, he he didn't wander off his position. He was just basically somebody was going to cross the ball and he was getting himself set for a cross. Um, the great thing about that save was not only the reaction to actually stop it, but also prevent his momentum taking himself over the line, which was um, was excellent. He he was fine. He was fine yesterday. I think Mark Schwartz made the point that he was commanding his area. Um, he was coming for the ball and he was very vocal. I, I think he always has been vocal. Um, I think he did great yesterday. I mean, you know, I, I would have been mortified as a, not as a Chelsea fan, as a football fan, but as a human being had that, that gone in because you could just imagine what that would have done to him. I don't and think the team, we would have lost. Team. Yeah. Well, possibly, but I don't think. I mean, it was what it was after about fifteen minutes, and I, if we couldn't have beaten Morecambe, well, true, even enough. going one nil down after, for you know, with with uh, seventy five minutes left, then we deserved to go out. But you know, I I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I I, I just, you know, he's 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 not good enough. Um, and. It's as simple as that. Is he a good backup? I don't know. I, I, did I feel any more confident with him and Golden Caballero? Not really. Um, I think I, I just feel sorry for him and I, I just want him to go and I want him to build his career somewhere else, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, was I just want to pick up... What? You're going to say sorry. You're going to say something I interrupted you. No, no, no. I was I'll carry on with Kepa because I was just going to go back to what you were saying oh, about... Uh, say, I, I was pleased for him. And it was his his hundredth game, and he tweeted yeah. really honestly about it, saying, "I know, and isn't it sad that he's had oh, to block yeah. comments on Terrible. his Twitter account? Terrible, yeah. absolutely outrageous. outrageous. But you know that that's that's the world we live in, isn't it? Yeah, Gilmore. Um, yeah, Gilmore. I, for me, we we could let Jorginho go without any um, difficulty at all. Now, when you talk about Frank basically doing everything for the benefit of Chelsea, you know, you have to ask yourself in the last in the games where he, Jorginho has been picked, you know, the first question is why I think he, because he obviously is a communicator. And I think Frank likes that. I think Frank likes to have somebody like that on the pitch. The worst thing about Jorginho is the fact that other teams have completely sussed him. I can't remember what game it was. It might've been the West Ham game where we started off for the first 10, 15 minutes against West Ham he was pinging the ball everywhere and he looked like a great player. And then they just stuck two guys on him and that was it. He was done. And he was basically playing as a third centre half. Yeah. So I think the the problem is that he's actually been worked out by opponents. Yeah. 
and there's nothing that he or we can do about it. I think when he plays, I mean, he would have been perfect yesterday because he wouldn't have had any problems at all. They wouldn't have got onto him. He would have been pinging the ball about. Um, but I think Billy Gilmore is 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 way above his years in in his talent. He's fantastic. I love him. Yeah. I think he's the future. Um, and yeah, I I I'd play him instead of um, Kante on Saturday. Uh, but I I think that perhaps um, Kovacic will be playing. Mm. Rather than Billy, Gilmore ticks all the boxes, don't you think? Because he's yeah. he he does, but I I'm just I I'm concerned about his fitness. Yeah, uh, and where he is in the process. I mean, Chidge mentioned it earlier about the fact that we don't know and sort of managing players. And I do actually think that whatever injury he had, it was obviously quite a major injury. Yeah. Um, and maybe two back to backs, uh, he can't do it. But you know, Kovacic is fine as long as Kovacic isn't playing with Jorginho. Or Kovacic, sometimes with Kante. Um, You know, I I said it, I think, the last time I was on here, that for all our problems at the back, for all our supposed problems up front, the midfield's a mess. Yeah. I I can't see the pattern there. It was only on that that, that Burnley game, wasn't it? We said it before. Kante, Mount and Havertz, that three that day, with Ziyech just ahead of them, were superb. And Pulisic on the other side. Yeah, and if we can get back to that place, uh, I think we'll we'll do a lot better. All fit and firing and confident. Make a point about Frank here, which is that I don't think was mentioned by the desire to get rid of him, even in the athletic, is it doesn't really make great sense to me to, uh, unless Frank has a disaster and loses about 10 games in a row or something, why you would want to get rid of somebody who is so in touch with the whole idea of moving the kid into the first team. Because if you, whoever you get all these supposed replacements, like, like Tuchel and um, Allegri, they will immediately ask for their own players. Yes, exactly. And we'll be absolutely back in the same position yes. we were with them not letting, they'll look at the kids and think, and early on they'll say, he doesn't fit my plans, he doesn't fit my plans, I'm working with this set of players. And that'll be the end of the whole process that we've seen Frank yeah. put in position. I, mean, I know he's changed it slightly by having a few of these top players brought in, but still we're seeing Gilmore there. Still we're seeing we're seeing Andrew come in. Still there's the prospect of all these other people, other boys who've been playing well, training with the first team. He's giving them views and 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 a pathway. Giving, absolutely, the, the the desire to play for the first team is being given to them, which is exactly what you want, which is exactly what Roman wants. So I. I feel the fact this was never mentioned in any of the articles. It was almost as if we know we know what happens with Abramovich. He, he pulls the rug, he pulls the switch once the results are bad. Well, all right, if the results are absolutely dreadful, and we have debated this about being fourth and having to, to make some progress in the Champions League. But at the same time, this, this ability to actually um, fold, um, to use a cooking metaphor, fold the youngsters into the first team is something I do not think any other manager any other um, supposedly top manager will will be involved with they just don't know the, the club in the same way that frank does do you know what jk in the i don't know roughly 10 years that i've known you that is possibly the most sensible thing you've ever said on the chelsea fan <laughs> guess what Jim? I, I, i'm i'm gonna blow a raspberry now 
no, don't. I th- I should give you if I could, I'd give you a big hug and a kiss, mate. It was it was poetry. Ch- ch- poetry. This is now the perfect opportunity for you to read that. Uh, I don't know if it was a tweet, but the quote from Liam. Um. Well, there were men- in the script. Uh. Oh God, where is it? Okay, okay, okay. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Yes, Liam. Or- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What the the young one? Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Liam Toomey, our great old mate Liam. Oh, by the way, he he's okay, J.K. Because we 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 had a no show from him. But what happened? He forgot, did he? I think something happened, and he didn't get. Ready. He's all right. He doesn't hate us. I think that's what I'm really trying to say. He yeah. he, he was very apologetic and has promised to come on very soon. So <laughs> I did. I did say rather threateningly, "You owe me one," you know. But other than that, anyway, Liam said as as um as uh, Clayton rightly pointed out. I completely understand the frustration, but it's a remarkable sign of how Lampard has shifted academy development expectations at Chelsea that a starting eleven featuring Hudson-Odoi and Gilmore with Andrew and among the subs could be considered light on youth. And I, I mean, Liam has a lovely way with words, but he is absolutely spot yeah. on, isn't he? He's spot on. And you're right, I can't see any of those managers. I mean, that wave bye-bye to James, Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount. I'm sure. Anyway, listen, we've got we, we now know who we've got in the next round. And of course, we also know um, who we might have uh, should we beat our opponents in the next round. Our opponents in the next round are, are Luton, which, of course, conjures up all sorts of delicious memories, uh, not least the 1994 uh, semi-final, Clayton. One Kerry Dixon. There's only one Kerry Dixon. You, I can see see the smile in your face from here. I'm ashamed to say I wasn't there. Well, no, really? JK, you must have been there. I was basically, I I was in Yosemite. Of course you were. It was was pre-internet days and I didn't know the score for two days. I didn't know we'd got to the cup deliberately, final. Deliberately. Deliberately. No, no. Oh, no okay. I literally couldn't find it. <laughs> Wasn't the likely lads? You weren't waiting. For America was not big on FA Cup scores. No, I wonder no. whether you, I actually <laughs> I avoided a Chelsea game for a whole week in the eighties by by even though I was on holiday in France and uh, and the result was mentioned by somebody on Radio One just as we got back to England. I couldn't believe it. I was trying to avoid it. I don't know why they mentioned it. It was absolutely bizarre. But yeah, I was trying to avoid it just so I could watch it because I'd videoed it. But that was just, that was desperate. Oh, what a bit, uh, well, how about that? I mean, weirdly, that was actually the last time you played Luton. So there what, you go. In the cup? Well, no, but t- at all, whatever. No, yeah. at all. I mean, we've we've we played them in the cup a few times, but not. I mean, we've only played them in the cup once in in modern times. If we beat them, we get either Barnsley or Norwich. Uh, and and as I said a minute ago. Barnsley conjures up nightmares of that uh, trip to Oakwell Park in 2008, where we, a pretty stacked team, uh, you know, the the team, in fact, that went on. In fact, actually, that was a terrible, I remember we were were doing the, that was just before we started the podcast, funnily enough. And uh, I remember we'd lost to Spurs in the League Cup around the same week, actually. It was about not that that many uh, games in it. And then we lost 1-0 to Barnsley. It was an awful trip. We got shut. We got locked up in a in a in a like a sports hall or a big shed. When, oh, it was awful, absolutely awful, freezing cold. And um, as I said, that we put out a good team that day. I think JT was playing, and and some hairy ass centre forward scored a scrappy header, and out wasn't we went. Dreadful, wasn't you, it dreadful? Yeah, like a like a muddy ploughed field. Yeah. Awful. But um, we've we've only played them twice in the cup, I think. Uh, so two thousand and eight, uh, and. 
1989. We lost 4-0 to them. So we're 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 2 and 0 against uh, Barnsley. Or is it 0 and 2, JK? I never know the difference. The the, the, the Americans would know, wouldn't they? 2 and 0 and 0 and 2. I think it's both. 2 and 0. Yeah. So in fact they've they've scored five goals against us in the cup and to no reply. Yeah, so we did beat them rather well, didn't we under Viali? Uh not in the cup, Six but nil. yeah, we in the, no, yeah in the, in the league, league cup in the yeah. league cup we did, and I mean, Stitchich, the Luton connection, of course, once again is Eric Morecambe. Of course, yes, because he was a big Luton fan, wasn't he? He was in the director's box, and he was in the director's box. Uh, yeah, so yes, we beat Barnsley six nil uh, this season, in fact, didn't we? Uh, because Havertz scored a hat trick. Um, before that, it was the it was the cup match that we were talking about, and before that was ninety eight in the uh, in the Premier League, and another six nil up there under Viali, as you rightly say. So there's a bit of history uh, against Barnsley, but of course Norwich, Norwich, uh, and uh, for me that immediately brings up memories of that fabulous uh, Zola goal, of course. But we've played them a fair. I think I'm just trying to get the stats up, but the website chugging along. We, very we played we played them. A couple of times since. Well, last year, I think. We, was it 18, eight, uh, 2018? We, we drew, did, what, one time we drew 0-0 at Carroll Road and then won a replay back at the bridge. Yeah, that was uh, that was two, that was was under Conte, wasn't it? That was 2018. Yeah. Terrible, terrible match, 0-0. Then one oh, all. Oh, God, it was awful. We won on penalties, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we went through on penalties. Absolutely awful. Um, awful game. But we've played them a lot, actually. 2007, we beat them 4-0. Uh, 2002, we beat them four nil, uh, and then there was a nil nil in 2002. Sorry, no, that the, the four nil was the replay. That was that was when Zola scored, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. At home in the four nil uh, in 2002, uh, and then not then we go back as far as 1968 when we beat beat them one nil, and then the rest of it is ancient history. So, um, you know, they're, I think that's a top of the championship at the moment. Yeah, they've have they still got um. Uh, that lucky fucker in charge, or unlucky fucker, yeah. Farker, you know, uh, Daniel, Daniel Farker. Farker with a very interesting German voice. Always speaks rather like that. It's, I find him very endearing. Actually, he's very camp. He's got a very. Camp I, I like him. Very, yeah. He's very sort of uh, hilarious. He's modelled his hairstyle on you as well, Tony. <laughs> well, all the best do, of course. Obviously, um, you know, uh, he says running his fingers through his lush. Beautiful, non Oh, get out of town, mate. Look, oh, at, look at this. <laughs> Mine's got all curly, mate. Look, look. Yes, mate, I can see that. Yeah, you Chelsea looking, Perlow, mate. Looking at, you're looking a little Nick Cave there. Oh, well, okay. We're getting, we're now, I was, I was kind of rocking the, the, the Chelsea Perlow look, although you can't see it because I've got my headphones on. But, <laughs> anyway, but we, so, should, we, I, shouldn't, I, we shouldn't really talk about hair on this particular show because it would be rather unfair of us. You can guess the hand signal that Clayton's just given us both. Yeah. Two fingered <laughs> salute. All right, yeah. uh, Clayton, but, for you first. How do you feel about the the, the draw? Uh, you know, obviously Luton first, and should we beat them, uh, Barnsley or Norwich? I think it's great. I mean, you know, it's uh, an opportunity to get into the quarterfinals. Mm. I've, I've no problem about that. I don't know if you saw, but Liverpool playing Man U oh, in the next round. What a shame! Uh, and I Brilliant. think um, I can't remember. There was another one where I think either Tottenham or Everton are going to get knocked out as well in one of the uh, whatever the back-to-back. I think it's I, I I honestly can't. I mean, I might be being really thick here, but I cannot understand why they've had to draw both sets of fixtures. Can you? I mean, I don't really understand it. I mean, it, they, they, 
I know that it's terrible what's going on at the moment, et cetera, et cetera, but I don't actually understand why the necessity was there. It's not like, I mean, they shouldn't be playing football anyway, in mm. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, football should have stopped. Well, I mean, it's absolutely effing disgrace. I'd, but, I'd, mm. I'd, love to have a, I'd love to have a big debate about that. But, but I, I, have, I, I well, I, I have to say... Well, it, I, I, if we I, all I, join in, would that make it a mass debate? It I'm might. Just... It might do. It might do, Tony. <laughs> it might do. But I mean, I, I kind of my, you know, my intellectual side says you're right, Clayton. But on the other hand, I think that I, I, because I, I remember last year, possibly because I didn't want Liverpool to win the title. It has to be said that it was possibly swayed by that. But I was all, I was all for the league being abandoned in March <laughs> and not being finished at all. But I have to say I've become come very much swayed by the fact that in what is a terrible time for for so many of us, it it, it is it is doing what football has always done. It, it is it is offering a much oh, needed pissing yourself. Well, it, yeah. Well, it, I was going to say a much needed <laughs> distraction. It, it, it is it is cultivating an emotion, and I I I would miss it if it yeah. if we went back to where we were. It would be terrible. Just to go back, um, if the games go like they should go, Everton. Uh, we'd be playing Spurs, so one of those two is going to go out All as right. well. So that's good. Who has City got on Arsenal? Uh, Man City got a bye. Man City are basically if they if they beat the mighty Cheltenham, uh, they've got Swansea or not Forest. Jeez, every year that happens with them, doesn't it? I know. Arsenal, Arsenal will Arsenal will play the winners if they can. They've got to play Southampton or Shrewsbury away. And then if they win that, they got to play either Chorley or Wolves. So that's not easy either. Mm, good. So they could have to play either Southampton away and Wolves away. So I'll tell you what. feeling about Southampton. Yeah, it? I was going to say, they're, they're, they're a good dark horse bet, I think. Uh, yes, Hood. I'm really pleased with the draw, Chich. I love it. I love it when we play really, really average sides. <laughs> All the way through to the semi-final and even then. I mean, when we won yeah. it in 1970, we had the option of playing, who was it? Leeds had a really difficult uh, semi-final and we happily drew Watford. But Leeds played Manchester United and we played Watford. We played Watford. I was, oh, the the, the prayers I sent to uh, an invisible... Uh, the uh, football God. gods. I mean, yeah, the football gods were, wow, that was so brilliant. Excellent um, stuff. Yeah, we thought, so I'm hoping that we get everybody, every if anything non-league and everything as low as possible, please. Yeah, shite the way to Wembley. Yes, please, thank you. Well, amen to that. I, do you know when they are? I mean, I think it's at the end of the month, isn't it? The uh, the Luton match. Um, Pretty I've sure it is. Lost it. I think yeah. it's yeah twenty six or something like that. Seems to ring a bell around that weekend. Um, anyway, uh, before we go to a quick break, where we will be reading, we've got a few emails to read out uh, this week. Uh, a quick plug for the Chelsea Supporters Trust: uh, five pound for members who are then able to vote. Uh, in the elections that we have of course they can attend any meetings we have as well uh, or if you just want to be a non-voting member why would you just want to be a non-voting member but anyway if you are it's free uh, chelseasupporterstrust.com and uh, they are on twitter at chelsea s trust but you'll find on the website how, how to join very very important that you do particularly at a time i think when uh, and this is something that we've talked about in connection with frank and his trials and tribulations but when the foot when the supporters are not in the stadium to, to genuinely make their opinions and voices heard collectively and loudly to those that run the club. 
uh, it kind of leaves the club in a rather lovely position for them where they can really feel that they can do what they like and they can say, well, we, we saw on a Twitter poll that everybody hates Frank Lampard, you know, or whatever. So there's a real disconnect there. So it's very, very important that, that, that you know, that via the trust, supporters do get their voice heard to the club. Uh, we've got a meeting with them, I think. Actually, that's where I've got the 26th of January from. That's when the next meeting that we have with the club is. So there we go. I, I encourage you all to join the Supporters Trust. And I also encourage you to join the Chelsea pitch owners. If you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then you need to get yourself a CPO share. Uh, owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium, which protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future, thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home forever. Uh, now, the shares are priced between 31 quid for an electronic share up to... 210 quid which is for a framed and signed share presented to you on the pitch but uh, I think you can pick up a framed signed one for about 80 100 quid or so but it's all on the website uh, and again you know I encourage you to do so I mean it's a really important thing and it means you it's unique no other football club has what we have which protects the ground from rapacious developers should Roman for example decide to bug out one day um anyways I said if you go to the Chelsea uh official Chelsea website just search for Chelsea pitch owners and you will find it all there we will be back in a minute real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea football fancast up the Chelsea football fancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, and uh, we have the A-team tonight, or as uh, Diana Jupp would say, the dream team of Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. Mr. Clayton Beerman, the housewife's, the housewife's choice. Housewife's choice. That's the one. Uh, and uh, Tony Glover, Diane Jupp's choice. Good evening, pot pickers. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, um, we've got some emails to read out. Not many. Um, I shall tell you why in a minute. But uh, before we do that, we were we were talking about Chelsea getting Luton in the next round of the FA Cup, and uh, it wasn't Mark. I, I thought it was Mark Meehan who posted this. This is Ida fifty nine on Mixler said when the second goal went in in the nineteen ninety four Luton FA Cup semi final, I got hit on the head by a chunk of celery. So there you oh. go. It's an occupational hazard at the time, wasn't it, J.K.? Happy I'd have days. loved to have been hit on the head by a lump of celery. What are the chances of that? I mean, <laughs> to, to, talking of talking of semi talking of semis and celery. By the way, when I went to Tesco's today, they'd sold out of celery. I think that's outrageous. I, I'm going to complain anyway. In the semi-final against Fulham in 2002, uh, when I went up with Dr. Mar and the Normans and Claire and all of that lot. And I was on my own because I managed to get a ticket nowhere near them. Uh, but I was stand, I was in the stand above the dugout, and we we actually, we had loads of celery, and and we got into a mass celery chucking. I I swear to God that the the lump of celery that hit Jean Tigana on his rather bald pate was actually thrown by me. I think. I think I can claim that one. But anyway, we digress. Uh, we have emails, J.K. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. It was a good performance against Morecambe, I think. Maybe it's because it was Morecambe 
and our quality showed over them. But overall, it was good. The first half was frustrating because you could see the confidence issues the team has at the moment. The attacking players, for example, couldn't link up very well, which has been a constant theme this season. Mm. I was very happy, though, to see the build-up play leading to the second goal. I think we got some confidence in the second half and it looked much better. I think we got confidence from Mount's goal as well, but I agree, the second half was, was far superior. Werner is still a problem for Frank, I agree. Although he scored, his touch and passes were below par and on current form, I don't think he should play ahead any of our front attacking players. It's a, it's a good, uh, good call, but, uh, you know, they've all got different, as we've established, they've all got different... Um, attributes the problem for frank at the moment is whether he plays him to build his confidence or he plays him from the bench to build his confidence what do you all think Havertz played very well he's still not there yet but this performance against morecambe was much much better in my humble opinion roman and the board should give frank this season to see how he builds this team with our young players and the new signings it's not going to be easy, but Frank and the team can only learn and get better when they go through difficult moments like we're having right now. We may not do well this season because of that, but the benefits of keeping Frank will be seen in the next seasons when he's got to know his team very well, learnt on the job, and the team has got stronger. Happy birthday to Mason Mount and good to see him score and have a good game. Thank you for all the good work you do. Oh, thanks. Nana, Michigan, USA. Good stuff. Lovely. Nice. Uh, nice to hear the praise. From mm. Yes. Yeah, he kind. Uh, he kind of picked up on a lot of the points that we talked about with oh, Werner, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Havertz did play well. Yeah, yeah. 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 What we didn't talk about earlier on was was Mount Clayton, and and uh, I don't know why I overlooked that. I, it's probably because every week we say what a fantastic player. Didn't he play well? I have to say, I thought, I mean, J.K. was very enamoured of that, that goal he scored, as was I. And I thought, what a Lampard-esque goal, running into space in midfield that nobody had picked him up and putting a, a low, you know, not a, not a 30-yard screamer, not a 20-yard screamer. It was just a good low shot into the corner. And I just thought, hmm, that was very Lampard-esque, I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a, it was a very Lampard-esque. Uh, I, I believe that the uh, ball was played to him by Callum. Um, I just think when when he plays well, we play well. I just you know I think he's pivotal to everything that we do. I really do, and I, I think that perhaps part of the reason why we struggled in recent weeks is because he's tired and he hasn't been at his best. Do you think he needs Which a rest? I didn't think it was at all necessary for him to play yesterday. If you want to ask me the question the other way round, I think I he really does. Didn't. I think he does. I'll put it out there. I think he does. Yeah, um, he certainly, you know, against City, he looked shot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the whole, you know, we're going off on a tangent, but I and, and I know you discussed it last week, but I, th- I think they are knackered. I really do. I think, I don't know whether they're overtrained or what they're doing, but, um, you know, Kante was hopeless against City and, and, and that was because he looked absolutely shattered. I think it, it, I don't know it, what they're doing to him. I, I, I'm, I always bang on about this, Tony. You know, it's not just physical fatigue, it's mental fatigue as well. And I think this is, you know, people say that the championship is a, is a punishing league because they're playing two games every week. Mm. But I think at the level that we play at the Premier League, you need to factor in the mental fatigue, having to be up for it, to have, having to be focused, that concentration that you need to have every game. It makes it mentally fatiguing for them as well. 
couldn't agree more. I think there's, you know, we've, they have squads of 23 and very, very few. It's almost seen as a badge of honour, isn't it? When uh, at Conti, I only used 14 out of my 23 all season or whatever. Um, and we see this, don't we? With the press, the media particularly seem to like this, you know, oh, he's only used 15 players or whatever all season. And, and I just think it, that in itself is a kind of madness. No, no. No business does that. You don't have 20 people in a team and say, right, only you 12 are going to get the work that's important. You've never worked in one of my teams, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) But I I just think in in the case, when when you've got um, a pretty decent overall squad, we're we're heading towards that. I I think it would. there's no shame in saying I dropped him or I've rested him because I just think he needs to put his feet up for a weekend. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And and, and watch some box sets or whatever. you know, like, like other people do. And I know this there's, there's kind of mythology around it. You know, every footballer wants to be playing football every minute of every day. And I'm pretty convinced that at that level, no, they don't. They don't. The pressure must be immense, you know, more so when there's fans in the ground. But, you know, outside, uh, you know, outside of that in these current conditions, uh, in some ways it must be even harder because they have to kind of motivate themselves and they're not feeding that, there's, that symbiosis with the crowd isn't there. And um, that gives you energy, I, doesn't it? It does. I think it does. I think it, it becomes that 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 that, that rather um, cliched, old, hackneyed old cliched twelfth man kind of thing. But I think it, that there is something in that. Um, in Mount's case, yeah, I mean Frank seems to be happy to offer the the shield of protectionism around Billy Gilmore and and, and other younger players or whatever. Um, and and there's Mount basically, you know, flag carrying every game, and and it does slightly worry me. However, having said that, his performance levels are—they're not up and down like that. Some weeks are a bit lower, some weeks are a bit higher. So he's consistent and consistently works hard. And um, but I think Clayton had a good point with you know, and I I was very critical of of Kante after the Manchester City game because I just thought he was really looked like a pub player. And why is that? Didn't we have the thing with Conte in his second season? Was accused, um, was an Alex who said that there was some dissent in the in the players about the the sheer level of training, the intensity of it, week in or day in day out, or whatever. And maybe that's what it is. No, we we, we don't know how they train. I, I, sadly, I think I, would, I think they I should, they should invite us to Cobham, Tony. They should invite yeah, us I, there I, so I, we can I, see it. I, think. I, I would say this, and and it's, it isn't on the script or whatever. I, I do wonder whether that is why Frank might benefit from an older head next to him rather than Jody Morris as his number two. Uh, whether the older head, uh, you know, I'll say a Gus Hiddink type figure, that kind of deep mix, I'm not saying Gus Hiddink, but of that ilk of former manager or yeah. or out-of-work manager. But not, could, but not Avram Grant. Not Avram fucking Grant. Did you no. see the rumour today? I'm sure I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. No. I hope hopefully that was a wind up. Yeah. Well, that he's coming back as a director of that Roman wants him back in some capacity. Oh no, no, fucking no. I think it would undermine Frank too much, surely. Yeah, that would whoever they it would it would have to be Frank's choice. Yes. That's what I mean. Michael Harry. <laughs> well that yeah. might work for him. I I don't care. I mean I I, that, I think if, I if think Frank that would be fine. Yeah, Frank said I want Uncle Harry here because that, that, you know, there's, there, it's too easy to write off people. You know, we're all in the same sort of age group, whatever. 
Oh, you miserable old bastards! What do you know? And all this, and the millennials going around with their bushy smiles at work, and all this, uh, um, and coming up with these fantastic fucking ideas where we all sit there and go, "Been there, seen it, got the fucking t-shirt, didn't work last time, whatever." And I think there's benefit to having the old heads, and they're starting to see that in my company, where where they're starting to show a, a bit more, if you like, value of the experienced person who can sit there and say, "Do you know what, Frank? He's playing really well with that player over there, but I think he could benefit from." Coming off the bench. Do you, do you know who I would get in? Do you know yeah. who I would get in? You're going to love this. Jonathan will love this. You might all love I'm, this. Ray Lewington. Ray say. Lewington. Ray Lewington. Ray Lewington knows the club. Knows Frank because, of course, he would have met, he would have been the coach in England, wouldn't he? When Ray Hodgson, Ray Hodgson, Roy Hodgson was there. So he'll know he'll know Frank well from those mm. days. Uh, he's a very experienced guy, you know, loves the club, played for the club in the 70s. Why not? Played for Fulham. Well, he's, yeah, he was he was a coach there as well, wasn't he, with Hodgson? Yeah, yeah, that's meaningless. I just shouted that for no reason. Okay, well, that's all right. We like meaningless stuff. That's what this show's all about. I just thought that was a really good idea. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's decent, but he's not going to leave Hodgson. I mean, I mean, the ideal person would be Steve Holland, but he's not going to leave England, is he? No, I I fear not. Uh, It'd be a but, wonderful PR statement to get Harry in, wouldn't it? I mean, it would just be he'd. Well, I don't know. I don't think it'd go down very well. It would go down dreadfully. I was being ironic. He would just take the. Uh, <laughs> what about Scott Cannon? We can all say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it's an idea that, that that you know that 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 I don't think Frank would do it. I think he's he's no. got faith in Jody, and I, I just think that, and rightly so. When it comes to this, when it comes to this kind of player management game management thing i just think that you know i for me i, I i'm not i'm not i'm not convinced that jody is anything other than a very good conduit for the youth team uh report you know capabilities and this sort of stuff i'm not sure he's the man i would want by the side I, 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 in a tough game where you where yeah. you know so how about you know I mean, you, you I don't know. I just got this idea that there's someone looking to someone in that ilk, like a Brian Kidd type figure, oh, if you like. I, I think your point is absolutely spot on. I, I have I'm a bit more supportive of Jody Morris because I think Jody's very important in terms of you know the fact that he had all that experience of those kids growing <clears> up, and I think that's yeah. really really important. I think he's a decent coach in his own right, as he proved at youth level. But I, I think when you've got a very inexperienced manager, which is what Frank is. He's only had a couple of years as a manager in the game. And I mean, I know he he pushed back on that a lot the other week by saying, hang on a minute, I've I've spent my entire life in the game. Absolutely true. Wouldn't take that away from him, but it's a different gravy when you're the manager of a club the size of Chelsea with the expectations that we have. I I think, you know, uh, uh, as you said, an elder statesman figure would be really valuable. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that having having Ray Wilkins with Carlo Ancelotti, although Carlo, Carlo didn't need him in terms of his age, and inex, his age and experience, but, you know, somebody like that would be invaluable for Frank, just somebody he could just, just chew the fat with and say, you know what, what do I do about that? You know, because... You, I mean, you know, I just think it would be a good idea. Anyway, we're going to move on because I did... Pro- I promise can you... I, not- can I just say that the fact that... that- if you don't think he's actually having those conversations, on yeah. But would you? Who already, would you rather have him with? Would you rather have them with Jody, or would you rather have them with somebody who's no, spent no, no. What I'm saying is that that he would have had those conversations with 
Uncle his Harry. uncle <laughs> and with other people. Very true, Clayton. Very true. Very true. He'd have them anyway, wouldn't he? Yeah. But surely yeah. Petr Cech plays a role already in this, does he not? Yeah, but I mean... I'm... Mm, yeah, but that but he's not going to have more experience than Frank. I think the whole point is he's the okay. same age as Frank. He's yeah. just a little bit younger. He's more the link to the board, isn't he? He's more the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think somebody who's just had a lot of experience in the game. That's why I said said Ray uh, Ray Lewington because that's good. You know, it's a good shout. He, he's had a lot of experience in the game. He's I mean he's he's coached at an international level, albeit when England were utterly shit. Probably why, to be fair. Uh, but he knows Chelsea inside out. I mean, I, I just thought that would be a good shout. Anyway, what do I know? Um, but i tell you what I know. There are two more emails to read out, and I shall get through them very quickly. The first is from our lovely friend Steve Morgan. I got this on our Discord group because Steve's a, a much-loved Patreon member. Uh, he says, really good show this week. Enjoyed the discussions re-frank in part two. What I'm finding a little annoying right now is that everyone seems to want to categorise supporters into Frank in or Frank out, and I just don't understand why there needs to be a line drawn. I would think that 99% of Chelsea people would be backing him to get through this sticky period and come out the other side a better manager and the team in a better position. At the same time, it's natural to question some aspects of the coaching of the team, as is done on the fan cast, because it's stupid to just blindly back someone and never question anything that they do. What does concern me at the moment stems from this article by Liam Toomey suggesting, hinting that there's problems in the playing group because I don't care what sport you're talking about. Once a coach loses the players, they very rarely back come back from it. I really hope if there's truth to it, it's only a couple of pissed off players that can't get a game and we can ship them off in this transfer window. But looking forward to Liam coming onto the preview show and having some questions put to him about it all. Great work again, Chidge and Co. Well, sadly, Steve, that was exactly my intention to uh, put that to Liam. Um, and we didn't get an answer. And I listened to the Straight Out of Cobham podcast, which is very, very good, by the way, worth a listen. But they didn't really, they certainly didn't name names. So I suspect there's a little bit of protection going on there. And perhaps that's where the sources are coming from. But of course, they would never reveal that. My gut feel, and I'm sure the boys would agree here, is that. If there is dissent in the ranks, it's most likely coming from players who have either been ostracised, so, you know, the Danny Drinkwaters, the Rudigers of this world, the guys that are not getting a bit of a sniff. So, Tamori, Rudiger, uh, Emerson, possibly. Jonathan? Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso, without a doubt. So, you know, how, how much credibility does one give them? I would say absolutely fuck all of nothing. Because with a bit of luck, they'll all be bloody gone soon. And Frank doesn't have to worry about them. But I have to say, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we've all been down this path. In fact, there's a certain gentleman with us tonight who who wrote a book about it. Um, (laughs) And I think that there's a marked difference between now and then. And I remember the shellacking a lot of the players got at that time for dissenting against Mourinho. And I think if any players were found to have been either, you know, dissenting against Frank or or be the cause of his departure, I think he might find them lynched and hung up upside down outside the lampposts of Fulham Road. Discuss. Yeah, I, no, I, th- I, th- I, think it, I think it's different. I mean, basically, we all know now, as, as more and more sort of leaked out, that Jose was uh, not particularly pleasant uh, person around at that time. And... It just all disintegrated. Uh, you know, we as fans, well, certainly me, I wanted him to stay, uh, thought he could sort it out. But 
the damage was done. I don't, you know, you, you actually, you can't see that the, the players aren't playing for Frank. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't perceive anything that I've seen other than being knackered. To be honest with you, I don't. You know, that intense pressing that we're not doing anymore, uh, which we were at the beginning of the season, that's not there because they just basically haven't got the legs. Mm. I think. I don't know. I mean, it's be simplistic. Uh, the bottom line is Frank Lampard succeeds at every single thing that he does, and he will be a good manager. He will be a very good manager and he will be a successful manager. Whether it's with us or with somebody else, he's going to succeed in management. It's just a question of whether we have got the, uh, you know, the, the people in charge have got the the cojones to stick with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll have to like, he who shouts first gets to answer this. But my my supposition is that the, the supporters will would back Frank over the players without a shadow of a doubt. JK, what what situation are you talking about? What do you well, mean if that, there was like a bit of kind was, of player power was, going on and they were rocking the boat, the supporters would stand four square behind Frank against this bunch of players, surely. Well, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? But I, I, I it, they'd have to really play. Once again, it, what we were saying, well, I don't get, I don't get any impression that they're they're all down. They've pulled down tools. No, at all. Me not. well, I, and if they are, it's the Alonzos and the Rudigers and the Drinkwaters of this world. I didn't get the impression that Rudiger down tools, uh, I, and I don't think so either. And he's getting game he played, time. He played okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's just that there, I think it's a variety of reasons, particularly since the the difference, of course, in that season was they were they were shit from the very beginning. In this instance, as you said, we pressed wonderfully. We played brilliant football for a long period that made me think we'd win it easily and then they just all somehow the all the energy has gone out of them and I think I think this situation um and the number of games being played has had a significant um uh, uh, on, on the whole thing yeah sorry Tony yeah, yeah I, I just think it's funny that the minute we a sticky patch rumors about dressing room clicks and palpable discord come out of the woodwork didn't hear that when United was struggling a few weeks under Solskjaer, or when Arsenal was struggling under Arteta. Um, look, look at, look at Liverpool. Peculiarly Chelsea trait that we want to sit there going, "Well, there's all these little things going on in the bloody dressing room." And I, really I think, and I think half the time the managers do make enemies in there because they've said, "Listen, mate, your days are over." So go, you know. Um, I, I think Frank probably more than most of the older managers would know that because he's been in the dressing room so recently as a player. And I think he would know how it works better than than, than almost anybody in the premiership uh, uh, who's managing a club and, and would therefore have a good idea of how to deal with it. And he, he may be dealing with it by saying, well, fuck them. Let them moan. Let them fucking cause the problems or whatever. Because I know the players I want. I know where I'm going. I think if you want to get to the top of your profession, you've got to have that thick skin and ruthlessness and I think Frank's personality belies the truth of his nature underneath it he's a winner he he hasn't wrapped up all them fucking trophies by being Mr Nice Guy is he underneath it there's a ruthless streak in the man and I think he's probably not that worried about it and he's already got plans for those dissenters anyway yeah, That's good funny. good point, Tony. Well put. All right, last email of the week was from the lovely Jeff Jones. He says, Hello, Chidge, Jonathan, and distinguished guests. I live on the east coast of the States, so I was a little groggy 
stroke hungover when I woke up this morning to watch the Morecambe match, so correct me if I'm wrong. Billy Gilmore looks to be one hell of a player. I know we were playing a fourth-tier team, but my goodness. He seemed to me to be the antithesis of Jorginho. Calm and collected on the ball, yes, but he wasn't merely passing it sideways. With Kante being in and out of form, it only makes sense for Gilmore to be his backup. I've had enough of Jorginho. Would love to hear Jarl's thoughts about the wee Billy, if we haven't already. And congrats on your spot-on prediction, Chidge. Keep the blue flag flying high, Jeff J. Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, well, I, I won't comment on Atlanta, Georgia, because, you know, that would be in in uh, impolitic of me, unpolitic of me. Uh, but anyway, Jeff, great to hear from you. Uh, thank you for uh, putting on record that I got the prediction spot on. If only I could do that in the Prem Predictions League and my life would be much happier. <laughs> but... Um, did I get 4 0 as well, Chidge? No, you didn't. You said 3 1. Did I? Yeah. Or 2 1. I said that. No, 3. 3 1. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, by the way, it's Prem Predictions League tomorrow, so we've got to get our picks in tomorrow. Yeah, um, we kind of answered that. We had a lovely uh, little segment where we we said how fantastic Billy Gilmore is. So I think all, all we can really say, Jeff, is we totally agree with you, and I hope hope we did him justice in your eyes earlier on in the show. Thanks for the email. Always good to hear from you. Now, um, that I'm afraid is all we've got time for this week. Uh, J.K. and I will return. Ah, that's what I meant to tell you. Yes. Um, we Well, yes, we're going to be back, JK and I, tomorrow at 7 o'clock for a special edition of In Off The Post. Due to an unprecedented number of emails that came in last week, largely, I uh, should say, in response to Shaz, who lit the blue touch paper with his rather ranty email condemning <laughs> condemning Frank Lampard. It's got you all hot, on, hot under the collar. Um, and, I, and I'll stand by what I said, you know, I, I it, 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 this is a broad church here, the fan cast, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, you send them in, I'll read them out. I might not agree with them, but you know you've got every every right to do that. Uh, but equally, people have got a right to reply, uh, and I believe that many of them will be doing that. We got, I mean, we got about fifteen emails tomorrow, J.K. I'm happy to read them. You started off a bit angrily with it, Chidge, didn't you? And then you just came round after a bit. You realised. I just yeah. thought it, yeah, but I didn't agree with pretty much everything he said. But I do agree with his his right to say it. And and uh, is it a him? Did we know? Is I, it I still don't know. I should email. I should email him back and say, look, mate, you probably. Li- I know he listens to the show. You know, don't worry about any stick you're getting. You're entitled to have your view. We don't agree with it, but brilliant for writing in, and you're welcome to write at any time. I I kind of feel inclined to do that actually. And are you a woman? And are you a woman? And, <laughs> and second question, are you JK? Yes, sir, or madam. <laughs> and are you JK? Yeah, yes. There's a lot of people out there thinking he was a plant, actually. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not denying it. Well, that wouldn't make him a him or her. It wouldn't. It would make him a vegetable. Animal, mineral, or vegetable. Anyway, uh, yeah, so me and JK, we're doing double bubble. Are you up for that, JK? Oh, yes. Well, yeah. if I said no, it would be foolish, wouldn't it? Well, then I'd have to do it on my oh, own, yeah, and that would be dull. one of them out earlier, didn't I? So yeah, I'm not right. Yeah, JK's already practicing. So there we go. That'll be tomorrow night. We'll be on Mixed. It'll be live as always. And then we'll shove it out as a podcast. Now, we were going to be back Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. Oh, sorry, 7.30 for the uh, the preview show. But um, as uh, the game's been shifted to Saturday, hopefully we're going to be doing it on Friday instead. Martin's in. Me, me and JK are in. I'm waiting to hear from Sammy James, who will, who will be the opposition view from the Fulhamish podcast and Sam Incasol from Football London. Once I've heard back from those boys, I can confirm it. But it'll either be Thursday or Friday. Uh, hopefully tomorrow night we'll also have an, 
another Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast with the lovely Dean and Jane uh, talking about the Chelsea FC women's team. So there you go. Busy, busy week for us lot now. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast, as you should all know by now, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, many other podcast distributors. Uh, talking of which, you can find this, the Fancast, and lots of other Chelsea podcasts on the CFC Blues app, which they tell us about here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, and of course, the usual mentions for uh, Patreon. Uh, we've got new Patreon members, Mike and Yasmin. Brilliant. Lovely to, to have you signed up. Really very, very grateful. Very humble that people feel that they can donate a bit of money every month. Uh in return, you will automatically, should, well, I say automatically, you need to ask me for the link, but you're, you're invited to our Discord group, which is like our own kind of private WhatsApp group. Lots of fun in there during a match. Uh, it's an, uh, One of the things that me and the chaps were talking about uh, during the Morecambe match is what a wonderful antidote it is to Twitter. So we can all talk in there and comment on it, and nobody's nappy-shitting, nobody's throwing their toys out of the pram. Nobody's abusing people. Nobody's abusing players. Nobody's abusing. It's, it's just civilized. It's a bit like the fan cast, but during the match, and it's a breath of fresh air. So there you go. If you're in the Prem Predictions League, because there's a segment in there for those people, or if you're a Patreon member, you can join us uh, in the in the chat room there on the, on the Discord group. It's great fun. And of course, the other thing is you get a Kerry Dixon mini banner, so a replica of the banner that hangs in the Matthew Harding end. Um, now I've run out at the moment I'm waiting for another delivery but don't worry I write down everybody who wants one and I will get them out to the post talking which I've got a whole pile down beside me here which hopefully will go out to everybody who's been promised one this weekend when I can get to a post office in a socially distanced manner not easy to do in Winchester I have to say but you will be getting them so don't panic and there will be more coming and there will be more signed so just be patient you will get one uh, but again thank you thank you thank you thank you for everybody who signed up to Patreon if you want to do so it's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast and of course uh, as as you know, we've got the In Off The Post episode tomorrow with loads and loads of emails to read out. If you want to get an email in and get it read out on the show, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com, preferably uh, if we're playing at the weekend uh, by Sunday night, because I tend to do the, 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 the scripts on a Sunday night. Uh, and uh, I'll include a Patreon message or a Discord message or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you name it. Loads of ways to get hold of us, all at Chelsea Fancast, as you all know. Uh, talking of which, um, I'm at Stamford Chid, Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Clayton is at Goldie59, Tony is at Grocer Jack UK. So there you go. All the housework has been done. Uh, so, Tony, um, always a delight to see you, my friend. Thank you very much. It's been fun yes. tonight. Always a pleasure. Great fun coming on. It was nice to come on um, after, yeah, I know it was only Morecambe, but after a win, when we sit here and smile and, and, and struggle to pick holes in things. Yeah, you know, nice. I missed a trick. You know, we should have called called this uh, this um, episode "Wise After the Event." Yeah, that would be good. Or you could have called it "The Play What I Wrote." Play what I wrote. I was going <laughs> to sign off with that. I won't now. But there you go. Sitting on my sit, was it sitting on my piano just the other day? <laughs> There's so many. I think actually one thing we've often said actually talking of Morecambe and Wise and Eric Morecambe and Morecambe. We've quite often said on this on this show that the players are playing all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order, which is another 
classic Morecambe and Wise quote, but there you go. Uh, Clayton, always, always a delight to see you, my friend. How's your back? Um, I don't know because I haven't stood up for two hours, okay. but I potentially won't be able to. But I've loved it. I haven't thought about my back once, so it's obviously been a, a, a nice and uh, was it anti-inflammatory? <laughs> That's the episode. last, the last <laughs> thing you could ever call Chelsea fan called is anti-inflammatory. But there oh we go. dear, no, take... it's great. It's great to see you guys. It yeah, really is. It's absolutely. lovely. Always is. Well, look, take some Voltarol or lots, lots of beer. Beer's really good. It's a good muscle re- relaxer. Have a couple yeah. of beers and then go to bed. <laughs> Trust me, Doctor Chidge yeah. knows all. Uh, great yeah. to see you, Clayton. I hope your back gets better soon. Now, Thank last, you, last, you. but by no means least, uh, Mister Jonathan. Kido, Kido, Kido. Great to see you, my friend. Been good Thank tonight. Thank you, Owen. Um, lovely to be on once again with such a steamed company well mm. done brilliant we'll, we'll let the side down and lower the tone with just you and me tomorrow don't worry oh yeah looking forward to that yeah, yeah. just me and you it'll be fun yeah double act lovely hinge and bracket Morecambe and Wise little and large <laughs> I shall do it all the way through like that then I think I will do it as well like that it'll be hilarious oh, it'll be hilarious I think you two are closer to um, Mike and Bernie Winters what you mean? There's two of them. Yeah, you you could you could be Schnorbitz, mate. You can come in and be Schnorbitz. Oh, enough of this. We need to go to bed. Uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, really, really enjoyed it tonight. Lovely to see these uh, three in here with me. Uh, also fantastic. Always lovely to see so many people in Mixler. You really are wonderful. I love seeing you in there. Uh, many of you, of course. I mean, like Mark Meehan was in here earlier. He's on the bloody show yeah. a lot of the time. Tony is often in there even when he's not on the show. It's a great place to hang out while we're doing it. And uh, no doubt I'll see some of you in Discord very soon. So there we go. Um, Great fun. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Um, Thanks for listening, of course. See you next week uh, or late or tomorrow. What am I talking about? See you tomorrow and Thursday or Friday and next Monday. But until then, keep it blue. Keep it carefree. Keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! Hi, hier ist Flo vom Sprechstunde-Podcast. Bei uns findet ihr sämtliche Themen, die die Welt bewegen. Dieser fantastische Podcast hier wird ihr präsentiert von Nike. Nike hat sich mit der aktuellen Find Your Fast-Kampagne in den Kopf gesetzt, genau dich noch schneller zu machen, noch ausdauernder, noch sicherer. Mit Find Your Fast ist die Zeit für einfach nur irgendwelche Laufschuhe endgültig vorbei. Du bist schließlich auch nicht einfach nur irgendein Sportler. Lass dich von Nike unterstützen und mach zukünftig jeden Lauf zu genau deinem besten Lauf.